0: Well, just like Dennis Schroeder, the Ethos Lakers podcast is back. Come on, you know I had to work it in right away. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome back. And just welcome. Welcome to more life on the Ethos Lakers podcast with a solo ride with your main man, Ethan Noroff, on today's episode. And we are just a very, very, very short time away from training camp at this point. The Lakers roster, I want to say, is sort of taking shape. I mean, it it is it has taken a shape, and we'll get into that. I don't know that it's taken a great shape, but it's taken a shape. And now that Dennis Schroeder has returned to the organization, which after turning down 80, 85 million dollars, depending upon who you believe, the final number, just didn't seem like a feasible reality given his exit, subsequently going on to the Celtics and the tattoo. And all right, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but just sort of surreal to have Dennis Schroeder back with the Lakers. As Russell Westbrook, and I can't stress this enough, still hovers over this team. And oh yeah, in case you missed our last episode or you've been on Mars, Patrick Beverly is also in the mix. So Rob Palenka, Jeannie Bus, Darvin Ham, whoever's sitting around that table, Kurt Rambis, you know we got to throw him in there. Whoever's sitting around that table making these decisions. I am just so curious to know what the next move is, is plotted to be because... Hopefully we're playing chess and not checkers here. And that's all I got to say about that as we get the episode started. So hopefully everybody's been doing well. It has been a challenging period of time. If you're in the Southern California region in particular, it's been brutal heat wave followed by change of weather, followed by more heat, sort of life emergencies. I feel like are happening everywhere for everybody these days. Everybody is sort of, you know, feeling the impacts of financial strain and just seemingly everybody that i know is just going through some sort of issue so if you are one of those people and you are still taking the time to make time for this podcast to hear my words to share this space with me thank you i know jc would say the same thing if he was here we all going through something and it is up to all of us to connect in whatever ways that we feel work best for us I'm always, always happy to interact with anyone who listens to this podcast. So shout out to you, no matter where you are. I know I started by saying Southern California in particular, but obviously we want to be worldwide. So wherever you are, however you may be doing, hopefully it is for the better as we progress forward. And as I sit here, as we sit here so close to training camp that you can literally just feel it coming at this point. Back in the gym, you see the pictures every day, the social media content's coming back, right? It's it's like going back to school. And now that we're seeing this every day, we've been sitting here for the majority of this offseason going, all right, cool, what are they gonna do next? Right? Alright, yeah, okay, not bad, but what's next? Okay, Patrick Beverly, all right now what's next? Right? We're sort of waiting for that other shoe to drop. And it hasn't happened. This is a team that has 412 guards, 562 big men, and no wings. Austin Reeves, Wenyan Gabriel, Max Christie, Scottie Pippen Jr. No disrespect to these guys. Juan Toscano Anderson, Lonnie Walker. I just, I I don't understand how you go into an offseason. And I know the Lakers are so limited in what they could do. But I don't understand how you're going to an offseason saying, hey, we were bottom 10 in the league at three-point shooting. Let's not address it. I mean, really. The Lakers were eighth in field goal percentage. I know nobody wants to talk about field goal percentage anymore, right? But let's just, please just humor me. The Lakers were eighth in field goal percentage in a terrible season. Top 10 in the league. 46.9%, 46.9%, almost 47%. They made almost half their shots. The problem is they shot 34.7% from distance. And you might be sitting there going, yo, that's almost 35%. I thought that's kind of good. Not in today's NBA. It's not today's game. 35% is a bottom 10 team in the NBA. Bottom 10. We don't think of LeBron James as a good three-point shooter. Right? Right? Just to sort of illustrate this point. Well, last year, last season, he shot 35.9%. And I got a lot to say about LeBron in this episode, so stay tuned for that one. Kendrick Nunn, we're relying on Kendrick Nunn. Here we go again. Didn't even play last year. Not even sure his knee works. No one seems to know anything with Kendrick Nunn. As a Mets fan, it's so eerily similar to the Jed Lowry situation. When Jade Lowry was an all-star in Oakland, sort of revitalized his career. He signs a two-year, $20 million deal with the Mets and just can't get on the field. Has this mystery leg injury for two years. Takes like 12, 15 at-bats, something totally ridiculous like that, over the span of two years. Then winds up returning to the A's the following year on a nothing deal. And oh my God, he's magically healed. They must have some shaman gods up in the Bay Area. I know the Mota is strong, but my goodness. Right? Just ridiculous. Anyhow. It is so strange to sit here and say, hey, the Lakers 34.7% bottom 10 team. LeBron, not a good three-point shooter, shot 35.9%. He was almost a a percent and a half better than the team on average. We're relying on Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn is a career 36.4% shooter from distance. As if he's some sniper from out there. This guy who's played two seasons in the league and literally did not play last year. So just miss me with Kendrick Nunn right now. Pat Beverly, after shooting at least 38.8% every year since 2017-18. Last year, in Minnesota, 34.3% from 3.1%. Worse than the average of the Lakers, which was in the bottom 10. Thomas Bryant, oh yeah, big man who can stretch the floor. We like that. Might be a good pair with AD. 27 games for the Wizards coming off that ACL tear. 28.6% from downtown. I know that statistics in a vacuum are not perfect. And I know there's more that goes into it to tell the story. Anyone who watched the Lakers last year, Anyone. And this is going to be the the big-time rant that I do on this. So get past this and then stick with me. Anyone who watched the Lakers could tell you. They need three-point shooting. They need defense on the wing. They just need wing players. They need wing talent. If With what Zach Lowe said that he's hearing the Lakers starting five could be. This is before Schroeder's edition. He's sitting there on a podcast with Ramona Shelburne and love Ramona. Zach always has exceptional knowledge, but he sits there and says, oh, I'm hearing the Lakers starting five could be Westbrook, none. Not Thomas Bryant, but Damian Jones, LeBron and A.D. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It just makes no sense. Okay. At minimum, I don't care if it's just stand out there and look good. There has to be a wing who starts. And if you're not calling LeBron a wing, if you're calling him a big man or forward, just, I mean that's just it's crazy. The guys that the Lakers brought in this off season, in order to address, you know, better youth on the team, which I like. I think they did a good job of that. Trevor Reza, it's Troy Brown, right? It's not Wayne Wayne Ellington. It's it's JTA, okay? It's Lonnie Walker. I think the youth part went well. Brought in Troy Brown to help the three-point shooting. Career 33.7% shooter from distance, 35.3% last year. Barely above where the Lakers were as a team. Sounds good on paper. How good is it in reality? Juan Toscano-Anderson. What a story, right? Especially now winning a title with the Warriors. Last season, JTA, who shot 40% from distance the year prior. Major regression, 32.2% from the field. Major regression from the field overall for JTA. And if that's in the Warriors' offense, what's it going to be with the Lakers? So he doesn't help the three-point shooting. What does? How big of a role is Austin Reeves going to have to play on this team? The undrafted rookie, or second year now, now, right? But the undrafted guy on us team with LeBron and AD and Westbrook. It's all about Austin Reeves. By the way, Austin Reeves shot 31.7% from the three-point line last year. All these guys who were saying are going to come in and help the Lakers in. You know, this goes that way and that goes this way. I don't think they've been able to answer the most obvious question. I like the feel of this team better, right? Even with Westbrook still in the room. But that's not really saying much for a team that didn't even win 35 games. Okay, let's get off of that. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about Schroeder. Now, the fact that Dennis Schroeder is back on this team is merely a product of of circumstance and opportunity for the Lakers. This is not a player the Lakers actively sought out to return. This the Lakers. This a player. Lakers were they set their number and they said, "Okay, good luck." Right? Schroeder wound up going on to the to the Celtics before finishing his season in Houston, where he was pretty much terrible, to be honest with you. And he just didn't put up the stats. It just didn't happen. And that's a weird team because they're going through so much, but wasn't really good in boston either right he was he was more or less the player that he was with the lakers a year prior just with less explosively big moments because at least with the lakers he had some signature moments in the early going so now i mean this guy kind of has told us who he is over the course of his career i'm not expecting some sort of immense rebirth at this point right I mean, he's going, to be, he's going to be entering his age 29 season. Or, I'm sorry, he just turned 29. He's going to be entering his age 29 season. Yeah, he's in his prime. But I haven't seen this major progression from him that so many were saying could be the case, right? That, that, that second year in OKC, 2019-20, Schroeder looked like, oh, he might become something more here. And since then, it has not happened. We'll see. It's got to be really humbling for him to come back to an organization and a team that offered him 80 to $85 million. He said, no, thank you. And now he's going to be playing for about $2 million. That's got to be very humbling. And listen, I sit here saying that as someone who would love to make $2 million on his best day. Right? For doing what I love to do. For playing a game for a living. That would be wonderful. That said, it still has got to hurt a little bit. Zooming out. what? Is, where does he fit? What is the role for Dennis Schroeder on this team? What's the role for Kendrick Nunn on this team? What's the role for Patrick Beverly on this team? What's the role for Russell Westbrook on this team? Weirdly, after Dennis Schroeder was inked and that deal was agreed to, which became official very shortly thereafter, one thing I will say the Lakers are very good at doing is keeping news in-house tradition. So that's why when it was so hot and heavy on the Miles Turner, Buddy Heel front, I know logically it, it, it makes sense, but it just didn't add up with what we've seen in the past in terms of how Lakers news is released. So the news became official very shortly thereafter, and then basically an opinion became framed as news that Russell Westbrook was going to come off the bench for this team, or it was a strong consideration. I just I have this pet peeve when we frame opinion as news. It really is a disservice to reading comprehension on top of it. Okay? So I don't think there is a clear front runner because I don't think the Lakers even know what is going on right now or what the team's going to look like. LeBron and AD are at their best when they can space the floor. When they get when you got a pace and space lineup around them. I don't know the Lakers have that no matter what five-man group they put out there right now, but that's what training camp is for, and we're going to see how it goes, right? But right now, the construct of this team is just so interesting is such a boring word to me. It's, it's fascinating. It's I, I just want to know what the thought process was, right? You, you have three guys who are listed at 6'10 or above. Thomas Bryant, Anthony Davis, and Damian Jones. Do you know how many guys on this roster are between, you know, their their guard sizes? Like LeBron is six nine, Gabriel six nine, Max Christie is six six, okay, Troy Brown Jr. six six, okay, but Scottie Pippen Jr. six three, Reeves is six five, Schroeder six one, JTA six six, Lonnie Walker six five, Westbrook six three. It's just this, it's, there's not enough roster variety for me. I think that's what it is, really looking up and down this roster. There's not enough variety on it for me. They have so many guys who you say, yeah, if this happens, right? I mean, literally every guy down the list. You start with Westbrook, yeah, if, if anything goes better than last year. Lonnie Walker, well, if he can grow into this. And JTA, if he can take a step forward. Schroeder, if he can come back to OKC. Reeves, if he can build on the rookie year. Scotty Pippen Jr., if we might have found something. Kendrick Dunn, if he can play basketball. Damian Jones, if the potential might be there. LeBron, if he can stay healthy. Wenyan Gabriel, if what we saw last year can at least Turn into some semblance of offense. AD, if he can stay on the court. Max Christie, if he doesn't look like a 19 year old. Thomas Bryant, if he's healthy. Troy Brown Jr., if he becomes a shooter. Patrick Beverly, if the offense comes with the defense. I mean, literally, the whole roster is a series of ifs. But you know what doesn't have to be an if? Your success in the fantasy landscape. That's what we call a transition, baby, okay? The Sports Ethos Draft Guide is out now. All you got to do is head over to sportsethos.com. It's so easy. There's a big button that says click here. Click it, man. And if you somehow missed that, you can scroll on over to the premium tab where it tells you everything that we got going on. The Fantasy Pass, the DFS Pass, the Wager Pass, the premium bundles that we got, the Fantasy Bundle, the Betting Bundle. I mean, really, anything you could ever want out of a resource, with the amount of work and research and proven success that this has had, not, not to forget the Brewski 150, okay, it is a deal of a deal. You spend more than this at Starbucks in a week. Literally, the Fantasy Pass is six bucks a month. The Wager Pass, fifteen bucks a month. You want to go all out? Sports e- Sports e- 360 is twenty bucks a month, less than a dollar a day. How much money you put into your fantasy teams and you're not supporting it with research? Come on, man. Seems like a losing proposition to me, but what do I know? I'm just the other guy on the side of this, on the side of this mic. All right. Back to the Lakers. Back to LeBron specifically. So much is said about this team, right? And LeBron is treated as a constant and he should be. Okay. But the reality is, we're entering a different period of time in LeBron's career. Not in a bad way. But the dude is almost 40. Right? really. Okay? He's almost 40 years old. So, I know he's superhuman. But the tread on the tires is what it is. Okay? Now, it's remarkable... To think that when he was on the court last season, he averaged 30 points a game on still better than 50% from the field. At this point, I mean, LeBron started his career in 2003, 2004. Let me put that into perspective. The freshmen that I have in high school at our school this year were born in 2008, 2009. The freshmen in high school were born in 2008 and 2009. LeBron started his NBA career in 2003. If that doesn't paint a picture, I don't know what does. Okay? Makes me feel real old. Shout out to my one student who once told me, oh, yes, you were born in the late 1900s. We'll never forget that. Appreciate you. Guys, LeBron's durability is becoming an emerging topic. 2021, 45 games. 21-22. 22. 56 games now really want to focus on last year that's only two-thirds of the games lebron only played in two-thirds of the lakers games and i know down the stretch he probably could have gutted it out if the lakers had something to play for but that ain't good anthony davis 36 games in 2021 we know that was a very special season obviously 21-22 last year. 40 games. Less than half. Less than half. It's not gonna do it, man. It's just not gonna do it. And couldn't buy a three-point basket for his life. 18 and a half percent. Ridiculous. This team, no matter what they put around them. If Anthony Davis and LeBron James don't show up, it doesn't matter. Especially LeBron. Okay? LeBron might not be the best player at this point in the career. Anthony Davis is in his prime. But he sets the tone. LeBron still sets the tone. AD doesn't set the tone. LeBron sets the tone. Okay? The Lakers need those guys in the worst way. In the worst way. To step up. I am so curious to see how Darvin Ham really practices player accountability because I thought that was something this team really struggled with last year. And it's hard to have accountability when Frank Vogel's the dead man walking. We all knew it, right? I guess to a certain point in the season, especially. But you got new blood on this team. You got new, new guys on the bench. You got Patrick Beverly, who's the most vocal guy. One of the most vocal guys I think the league has seen in a long time. But he'll he'll call you out too. And don't even, like, let's not even tr- start with the history between him and Westbrook. If Westbrook's really going to be on this team, I, I can't wait for their first explosive moment of the season. Probably won't even have to wait for games to start for that. It's going to come out in training camp. But the reality is, nobody knows what to expect from this Lakers team. You don't think, like, I don't think they're going to be I think they're going to be interesting to watch. Do I expect them to be good? Can't say that I do. Do I expect them to surprise? Maybe, but you can surprise me in a bad way too. I just think that there's no goodwill built up right now. LeBron's been here for a while now. AD's been here for a while now. So this thing that's this new shiny object, right? This new, oh my goodness, what? can't believe it, new era of the Lakers. That mystique is sort of worn off now. Right? The only thing the Lakers have on the books after this season, the only thing, are the contracts of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, player option for Damian Jones, and Max Christie. That's it. They're going to have to figure out how to add to this team in a major way. You, you sit here saying that the Lakers can compete for a championship with this team? You're kidding yourself with all the parody in the NBA right now. That's why they play the games. And I want the Lakers to surprise us. I want the Lakers to say, okay, let's go. Let's go to work. Let's show up every night. Lakers fans while they're used to winning and they're used to that vibe that electric atmosphere the losing while it's not desirable it becomes more palatable when the effort is there and that was the issue for this team last year they didn't show up way too often and it sunk into their body language on the court in post game in the locker room all of it it was not enjoyable to watch let's change that vibe this year It would be cool to do like a sports ethos, you know, all the different podcast networks. They all go to local games and meet up with people who listen to the podcast, interact with the platform. I think that would be something really cool as well. So as you move forward here and as we move forward into the final weeks of week and a half of September into the next month of October, we move forward into the fall. We focus on, you know, sort of new harvest, right? Replenishment, a new year within the immediate horizon, which is just crazy to me. Let's focus on bringing this Lakers energy This good energy to this Lakers team is what I should say Because they're going to need it Especially on the wing Okay Definitely be back with you more often Probably on the next one it's going to be JC Doing a solo ride on his own So we give you guys a little bit of this, a little bit of that And then we have a schedule as we move forward into training camp Preseason, games, all that stuff It's tough man, I ain't going to lie to you guys As a high school administrator, right Time is precious But at the end of the day Love my Lakers. Love doing this. Love you guys. And I appreciate the support that I get on this platform. And hopefully you like the words that I have to say as well. On the Ethos Lakers podcast, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ethan underscore Noroff. You can find JC when he is on at Delion one And until next time, I'm out. Thanks for rocking.